report in. Red 10 standing by. Red 9 standing by. Red 3 standing by. Red 6 standing by. Red 9 standing by. You're listening to the Ion Cannon Podcast. Laugh it up, fuzzball. Your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. This is it. He laser clickers. Welcome to the Ion Cannon Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Stephen, and I'm joined by my friends and co-hosts, Tom and William. Today, we're going to be discussing Delilah Dawson's tie-in to Galaxy's Edge, titled Black Spire, as well as the big announcements from the uh, Disney D23 conference. And, oh boy, is there a lot. Um, man, there was... Okay, what guys, where do we want to start? Like, I mean, Mandalorian, Kenobi, Clone Wars, Rise of Skywalker... Whoa, 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 hold on. You said something big right there. There was a lot of stuff, but I think the hands-down most surprising announcement, the one we've been hoping for, praying for, wishing would come true, reading rumors about for years at this point. Can I guess? It happened. The return of Clone Wars in February? I mean, there's also also that, yes, which I can't wait for. But no, it's Kenobi confirmed Ewan McGregor is going to reprise his role as Obi-Wan Kenobi. And it starts filming next year. Isn't can that we, cool? Okay. It, okay, it, go ahead. For, oh, it is. But can we discuss the missed opportunities that Ewan McGregor had on stage? He could have picked so many different Obi-Wan quotes to lead off. Hello, Hello there. there. <laughs> you know. Like <sighs> give give the guy a tad bit of a break, okay? He, I mean, I guess he got up there and he announced he's returning his Obi-Wan. Yeah. And I, I guess that is the biggest sign they haven't started filming yet. He's not hundred percent back in the role i guess you know it does take some time i don't know i i don't know it's it's amazing you know and there's so much storytelling potential here too i mean it takes place eight years after revenge of the sith which puts it smack dab in between the beginning of solo and where we see like the the flashback to slightly younger han when he when he escapes corellia and the rest of Solo is right in the middle of the Solo film, um, which means, like, could we could we see Maul? Could we see, um, you know, okay. like, well, no, Kira? Could, yeah, you, you it's can't. Before Rebels, right? Sorry? It's, it, before, it's before Rebels, so Maul doesn't die. Right. No, I know he's not dead, right. but didn't they meet again for the first time in... Uh, yeah, I I know where you're going. Didn't I, they meet yeah. for the first time? Basically, first time for the last time. In for the in first time Star Wars. for the last time. Right. True. But like I don't so, know. Yeah, I, I actually well, I need to go back and reread the rewatch that footage now from Rebels and see because it could be one of those things like you know um, you know we've we've seen this in the other Star Wars movies where characters make comments that sound like they haven't seen each other for a while and they actually mean since the last time that we haven't seen yet not the Last time we, the well, audience, actually saw it. I don't it. think that's, that's probably not what they mean when they first write the line. It's True. how they reinterpret it. Exactly. For... It's a good retcon. Right. But but the hardest thing about this will be how are they going to retcon Maul not knowing that Obi-Wan was on the planet Tatooine uh, protecting someone? Well, he could, remember, he could leave Tatooine. I don't know. There's so much potential. But, I mean, even, even if there's no Maul, even if there's no Maul, Kenobi is yep. going to be a fantastic series. Yeah, but I really hate to say this. How can you have Kenobi without Maul or some kind of hint? Oh, of- I mean, come on, Tom. There's, well, there were many years of Kenobi without Maul. In fact, I'd argue most true. of them were without Maul. Mm-hmm. Okay, very true. Yeah, that's, that's I mean, John true. Jackson Miller's Kenobi is just 
Oh, an incredible book. book. Yeah, it's true. And so, man, I, I mean, that's all we got. There's not a whole lot of details, but Ewan McGregor is back and it starts filming next year, uh, which that, means oh, that's all I need. Uh, I can't wait. I can't wait. And really works for me. They also reiterated that the Cassian Andor and K2SO series is still on track to start shooting next year as well. Really no details there other than that. Nothing new. But, you know, it's it's, it's good to see that. I mean, they, they kind of trotted out their their whole lineup. We talked about how the Clone Wars will return in February, which is really exciting uh, mm-hmm. as well uh, to finally have a, 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 a release window for the Clone Wars. You're going to get 12 episodes. So we'll probably get, you know, Sometime between like February and uh, uh, and like what May, April, end of April, yeah. May, we'll get like some good. Yeah, and they're gonna they're releasing them once a week. Yeah, which would be great. I like that. It's actually br- a brilliant plan on their part because they can have the Mandalorian, <clears throat> um, which is what eight ten episodes. I forget uh, if it starts on November twelfth. They'll probably take a break for Christmas and the end yeah. of the year. So we'll see. I don't know, maybe four episodes, three four episodes. Uh, this year, the rest early next year. That takes us through like you know end of January, maybe early February, uh, and then uh, Clone Wars will drop in February. That takes us through May June. Uh, maybe they you know release something else over the summer. Uh, it could be like diving into the archives with detours, or it could be uh, maybe maybe the Cassian Andor series is ready by then. I, I doubt it, and probably in the fall we'll get the Cassian Andor series and. So it was going to be nonstop Star Wars stuff for the most part. Well, yeah. you also you also never know any kind of announcement they could make at Star Wars Celebration because that if you're talking fall of next year, and we have Celebration coming up in August of next year, they could drop anything new coming into the service, uh, whatever that thing streaming service they're putting together by the beginning of the year after. So yeah, I mean there's there could be a boatload of content coming that we're just not aware of. Right. Plus we also That's have a- Resistance season two. Yeah, yeah, Stephen. So, I was gonna say it's a really good point, Tom. Like, where do, so what is what is celebration going to be next year? I think it's, it's not. Rock. It's not Rise of Skywalker. Like Rise Correct. of Skywalker, at that point is done. I I expect we'll get a at least one more show announcement. Maybe a Mandalorian season two, actually, depending on how. Yeah. I think that's confirmed. First season. Is yeah, it, I think is I it think already confirmed for a second season? So maybe we get it. Or at least at least it's strongly rumored. Yeah. Yeah. And didn't they hire somebody for a possible season two? Not that I had heard yet, but you okay. know, I'm not necessarily the. In no way, and I am I the source for any news. I don't think anybody's any the source time, because so. if it comes from other websites, like we've got this cover anyway. Um, um, yeah. Yeah, I know. Um, anyway. So. But yeah, I mean, yeah, that's a that's a good point. Um, but it's just there's so many. I, I would not be surprised if we get a lot more content coming and at least enough that they always have one thing releasing uh year round is my guess to keep you yeah, subscribed sure. um yeah but that's, uh, i can't i can't complain there's too much too much good stuff and uh, speaking of good stuff the rise of skywalker we got a not trailer um uh, because misdirection well it's it's it is no, i mean it's, it's a trailer it is a trailer it's they they like they, to say it's not, but it is. They borrowed a page from the Marvel marketing and like, hey, you know, we've got enough material. We can make a trailer that fills all those nostalgia buttons and not actually have to really show that much new footage. Yeah, I mean, it's I think it's maybe 
you know, less than a minute of footage, but it's a two minute, 11 second trailer. Let's, let's take a listen and, and we can t- discuss what's, uh, what's in it. Cause I'm excited. They start with a look back with some classic music. The twin sons, Luke Skywalker, Obi-Wan, the Falcon, Leia, Han, 3PO and R2, the Death Star blowing up. Celebrations, AT-ATs, Vader, just really bringing the nostalgia in, Boba Fett, right? All the, all the classic, classic scenes from the, from the saga, Yoda, training the Emperor, right? We've passed on all we know. Mom. Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon. Anakin and... A thousand generations live in you now. We get the same line we got from the last trailer. It's a good line. It is. It's a mm-hmm. great line. Now we get down to the sequel trilogy with Rey and Kylo Ren and Finn, BB-8, Luke, say goodbye. That's where it gets interesting. We get some footage of this new planet. I think it's Asana, probably. So, huge fleet. Huge, huge, huge fleet, which looks like Imperial Star Destroyers. So the saga comes to an end. Riku with red eyes. Something looks like a Death Star-like laser blood. Kylo Ren on an icy planet led by Rey and Kylo fighting a water yes, pillar in the water. Yeah. Total misdirection. in a hood with a red double-bladed lightsaber? Total, total, total misdirection. Okay, so Tom, you think it's a misdirection? I think it's a misdirection. Oh, it's 100% misdirection. Yeah. I think it's going to end up being like Luke when he was in Dagobah and he went into the underneath the tree and he ends up seeing Vader and it's like, oh boy. And then you get the thing. It's like, you know what? I think it's... They, they did the same thing with Rogue One where you had Jyn Erso... In, in the full on, which was kind of true, but in the full on Imperial outfit, total misdirection. Uh, that, so I think Jin or so in the Imperial outfit was more of a reshoot thing than a. Still, uh, but, but it was, it was still you know, kind of there mis- as a misdirection because they, sure. they kind of, they kind of gave it that whole thing about, well, did she turn? And that's how you that's true. remember the they, Yeah. They had the, the, who will you become line? Mm-hmm. Yes. With the, Sure. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no. I mean, of course, this entire trailer is misdirection. <laughs> Absolutely. And, Without a and, doubt. And for, from a personal aspect on this, it's really sad to be the guy on this podcast that saw the originals when they they started back in the <laughs> when they started, and now I get to finish it off. Yeah. So that's really cool. It's like it's it's like really I actually get to finish this whole nine episode arc. Yeah. The thousand generations live inside you, Tom. Oh, they live really? inside you. <laughs> really? I'm gonna have to talk to the uh, 999 of them because I think we need to have a discussion. Uh, no, but I think it's it's a great trailer, and, and as you said, this this is JJ Abrams, right? Yeah. When has JJ Abrams ever ever dropped a spoiler? Like, you know, it's funny to see people complain. You know, there are some people talking online, like, "Oh my gosh, Lucasfilm just spoiled their own movies." Like, no, no, no. If you're seeing it in the trailer at this point, it's because it's not happening whatsoever. Yeah, <laughs> like JJ, he holds onto every tiniest little detail with an iron grip. 
Lucasfilm does as well. And so the two of them together, are like you're not getting anything that isn't perfectly planned out. Right. For sure. Between well, the two I've also, I've read a little snippet somewhere and I didn't finish the article, but it was a headline saying that JJ Abrams already expects that this film is not going to make people, it's not going to make a few people happy. I mean, so. to be fair, when was the last time a Star Wars movie made and yeah. like I mean, it'd be everyone happy? Good I, I saw good some commentary actually from John Williams. Though. He said people are going to love the ending. A lot of people have been, been speaking very positively about it. And John Williams in particular, he doesn't tend to like sing praises of stuff a lot. If he's mm. he's not as big a fan, he'll kind of be quiet about it. Um, but you know, he he he's been he's been talking about how great this is. So I'm I'm excited. I mean, I think I think there's a couple theories. Either the ray we saw is a is like a vision, like the cave. Mm-hmm. or she is um, uh, maybe it's like she's like going undercover or something right although I doubt it there no, uh, no. or I, I think a, a, an interesting theory is that maybe she's a clone and that I, I've seen that one as well yeah. and it's part of the theories king off the you know there's the scene of Ray and mm-hmm. like you know we didn't get a super satisfactory answer to Ray's parentage yeah because it's the mirror and, thing and the mirror like maybe yeah. it's it wasn't meant to be however you wanted to did, uh, interpret the mirror. Maybe it is that like, oh, no, there's actually that many rays. And, you know, Ray is just a clone. Ray with two E's. It, yeah. <laughs> I saw a lot of those comparisons, too. Like what the th- original Thrawn trilogy like has to do with. Uh, yeah. And I was just like, I don't. I love the original Thrawn trilogy. Don't get me wrong. There are things they might be borrowing from, which I would be OK with the clone thing is there's no way (laughs) i I don't think so i i would love it if it were the case just the level of cheese that would entail would be really amazing but it does have a well sorry not however they decide to pronounce it but i think it it does tie back nicely into the prequels though if they did have the clones and it would explain why the Mm. emperor could be back without really being back because he can't be you can't be a force ghost because george lucas does you know that that's not possible eternal life is not possible i wouldn't I wouldn't bet on that. Okay. I'm going to go with what William said when it comes to the clones, because remember there was a, there was a, there was a mention of clones in the last movie. So cloning is still around, Mm. even though it's not prevalent in these past two movies. Yeah. I, I, maybe it, it'd be a little unorthodox. I think, um, a clone of Palpatine, I think I could probably see. Um, it gets into the weird, uh, what was that? Con- uh, Dark Empire trilogy mm. kind of territory where you're like, this this is your, this is what you got? Okay. I mean. But always remember uh, the thing that I said, if you call attention to something, you better use it. Well, they did mention clones in the last movie. Yeah. Yeah. The My problem is the hallmark of this trilogy has been that it wasn't, uh, as thoroughly planned from beginning to end. Mm. So we thought um, maybe it was an entire JJ misdirection. I, Especially sure. with Rain Johnson movie in the middle of it. No, the whole the whole thing is a misdirection. No, I'm, I, I, was, I, I, was, I was kidding. <laughs> if if that were the case, I think we would, especially after Last Jedi, we would have seen some different uh, press, if that makes sense. Like, I think we would have seen more allusions to it. No, I think I think JJ may be he he i think he's adapting things in a in retconning potentially in a uh, pretty interesting way so we'll see i mean yeah. i think the other thing that's really exciting about this trailer is just 
the massive fleet of of imperial mm-hmm. star destroyers oh yes. that's my favorite scene yes i mean it's not a surprise that it's my favorite scene but it's my favorite scene but they're, they're not first order star destroyers they are they're imperial. imperial yeah which is very perplexing it sounds like um, a lost fleet on the edge of the galaxy maybe yeah we don't so, know i i mean it could almost be like the dreadnoughts I, see, I was I was reading Probably. an article about just that of hey, like maybe the you know clone ray isn't the only Thrawn thing we're seeing allusions to. Like we know the Emperor had some kind of plan post uh, Return of the Jedi, post his death. Mm-hmm. What if a fleet of star destroyers just kind of sitting out there waiting is part of it? I mean, and a a story about the Resistance trying to you know find this fleet could could work mm-hmm. it's there's some some tough questions i think we'd have to ask is like oh the resistance that had like 15 people left at the end of the last movie that that's the one that's gonna f- crew a fleet of like 100 star destroyers maybe not remote control with droids maybe mm-hmm. hey remember or, remember in rebels there was that uh the battle droids that ended up going that they found that ended up mm-hmm. like departing the planet you yeah. never know. And, well, the other thing is like maybe they're not able to. Not like they're not going to crew those star destroyers. Maybe they. It is like the Empire, the true Empire, waiting off in the wings, led by the clone Palpatine, biding his time while the First Order distracts everyone. Snoke is just a puppet. And see, that, that's, so here, that's my I, theory. Go ahead, Stephen. Go ahead. Oh, see, I don't like that theory. No. Here's my no? master plan. I'm going to create an army to take over the galaxy as a distraction so that I can create an army and take over the, the galaxy. Like, okay, yes, but- now that we've successfully conquered the galaxy, we can we can conquer the, the <laughs> galaxy again. Yeah, like, but the first the first order could be uh, I, I kind of think the first order could be misdirection or some some cases considered the red herring. And you never know. I mean, that, that's it why Palpatine was sitting there. He's yeah. like, so my uh, my first order of business is a dis- oh, distraction. Oh, God. Fight. Sorry. That was, that was what happened. Someone said, you know, Palpatine said exactly that, and then they they just didn't understand. Well, General Hux ran with it. Uh, is Do we know if Hux is in the movie? He is. Yeah. Okay. Braylon, hmm. Braylon, right? Yeah, he's in it. Okay. I, I just realized I hadn't seen any... Uh, press on his part yet now if yeah. phasma shows up i've got an issue no I th- oh no I don't phasma has to show up i don't no, think no. It's, not gonna, it's not gonna happen she hasn't but. been listed in the in the cast so far unless it hasn't appeared in any press or events no i think she's gone they can't bring yeah. her back a third time and then uh, like, honestly think about it they don't the amount of stuff they have to cover with this like with palpatine returning the death star it looks like or a piece of it you know the uh, uh, ray you're, p- potentially you're making an assumption fleet. Which I'm not. I am not sure is correct. You're making an assumption that this is the final movie in the Skywalker saga. That's what they've they've said is okay. Uh, but where are they going to yeah. go with it? That all good questions that can be answered and proposed in this movie. And that we'll find out in December. I mean, it's. I mean, yeah, because I mean, even the press release right here says, you know, and then the next and final film in the Skywalker saga. I'm not convinced yet. I, the Skywalker saga, I think, is too big of a thing to just disappear. I think maybe they'll 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 wrap it up for ten years and then come back at some point. I uh, think the I, I don't think, think it'll we'll be find quite that December. long. You don't think? It, okay, well, 
then do you think that Rain Johnson's trilogy, if it's still going on, is going to pick up on the back half of this one? Oh, no. I, no, no, no. It's a different. I think, yeah, especially after Last Jedi, I think Ryan Johnson has his trilogy's job, if it you will, it will be to... Uh, totally destroy the Star Wars universe? Oh, no, no, Tom, no, stop no, that. No, no his, he, but he needs to, he's going to be responsible for trying to tell a different style of Star Wars movie. Right. Which is, again, I think something that's, again, I still like The Last Jedi, but is very, very important for Star Wars to figure out how to go longer. If you think about how Marvel, part of the reason Marvel's done as well as it has is they've figured out how to tell uh, different styles of stories in the same universe. Right. Star Wars has not figured out how to do that yet. Because I think the main thing that they hopefully are now realizing, they need to set up some kind of timeline to where they can tell stories within that timeline. And and uh, they can not... act... Yeah, but... Sorry, I, okay, I... Marvel Comics has been around for 80 years. Okay? Oh, sure. So they, they technically have a, a timeline and a boatload of characters they can pull from because all these characters within a comic book universe... I'm a DC guy, okay? So, so bear with me when it comes to Marvel. I'm not a big, when it comes to Marvel characters, how many of them, who makes up the Avengers, X-Men, whatever. But they've got this whole 80-year timeline of all these characters during that time frame interacting with each other. The Star Wars universe for basically the first three movies that were done was basically just the Skywalker saga. And they're like, okay, we can pick up Skywalker and let's go back and tell the prequel story of how Skywalker became Skywalker. So that ended up being Anakin. And then from Anakin at that point, now we're like, okay, so that's been told. Now we've got this other timeline of Skywalker. Where it's like, okay, you've got that one Skywalker timeline, but you don't have these other characters other than Han Solo, other, you know, uh, than Lando Calrissian or let's say Chewbacca or, you know, please bring back, you know, um, uh, Wedge, all these characters that actually can spin off. They're only focusing on Skywalker. There's no I, other characters like, let's say, Captain Marvel. I think your, your point is there's not a bunch of characters they can kind of bring together. It's just correct. Yeah, uh, it's, it's just and it's, it's just one family. It's, it's not just characters. It's also styles of movies. Too. Right. Rogue One was the closest in that it was kind of a darker military type movie, but even Rogue One is still still very much like Star it, Wars. Yeah, it's still it, pretty it, much Star Wars, and that's still pretty much Star that's Wars. fine. And, and but not best, for when um you know one or more movies per year. Correct, and and I think the best thing that worked about Rogue One, it took that one idea about how did they get the Death Star plans? Where else within the Star Wars universe is there that one idea? That they could now tell a story from. I see. I still disagree. I think Rogue One is an example. Like again, I like Rogue One. I, I it's an example I of what they need to not do. Really? Ro- Absolutely. Rogue One is a is them saying, "Hey, here's a we've got a year, well, three years of pre-established timeline. Let's oh. tell a story in those three years." It's not what Star Wars needs right now. Star Wars okay. needs things like The Mandalorian. I would argue. Mm-hmm. Which is, hey, here's a brand new, net new story, new characters, and it just so happens to be set in the Star Wars universe, mm-hmm. right? That and is, you could say, I think that's what Star and Wars I think is. that's what they're trying to do with a lot of the the shows with the right. Yep. Yeah. You could say the same thing with Rebels. Rebels was the same way. Let Let's do it this way. You You can say it with the Resistance, they did the same thing. The Clone Wars. The best thing about the Clone Wars was it had that whole Clone War that they could tell the stories from. And they created all these really great characters within that time frame. Yep. And it's, 
Anyway, so I expect Ryan Johnson's job is to create a new trilogy with new characters, with new stories, not uh, Rebellion versus Empire or, you know, anything like that. And basically just to see what comes out of it. Mm-hmm. And I suspect it will go well. Um, I hope. I, think, I hope. But as they're figuring out how to do all of that, we are going to get more movies in the Skywalker saga. Like, I don't know if it's 10 years. I don't know if it's five years. I would I would guess it's closer to five years, honestly, than 10. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think we get a sequel, sequel trilogy with Ray or whoever else is left alive. Um, I think the problem is like... Go ahead, William. Yeah, I think, you know, they, they did that with Revenge of the Sith, too. Or even with, you know, Return of the Jedi. Like, oh, nope, it's the end, right? And the, then 10 years later, they come back with more movies. Mm-hmm. I think five years, that only gives them two years of off time before they're in pre-production again. I suspect that they might try to fill the gap for longer uh, with other things and then go back to Skywalker. But uh, yeah, I don't, I think it's a matter of time. Uh, eventually they will return back to the Skywalker line. Uh, okay. I so do the two guys who wrote game of Thrones, are they still doing their movie? Because maybe that would be the filler and hopefully that will be. Uh, well, the, the filler. I think it's, I think we're talking new, a new series set somewhere else. And yeah, that's there. That's a, that's the one that's rumored to be Knights Knights of the old Republic related yep. and we don't know if it's the same movie as ryan johnson or a different one it's not quite clear um i'm hoping it's knights of the old republic because i would love to see that explored because that is so far away from the skywalker saga exactly. and hopefully that would still keep sith and jedi because that's the other aspect of this will the jedi order rise and will there still be sith because that is one thing right now i think that when it comes to star wars i'd like to see more i really love the prequel trilogies because there was a bunch of jedis in there they were fighting like you know there was a sith there was that whole thing of like even bane where you had the rule of two but you had mm-hmm. all the jedi there and and i'd like to see some of that at least come back mm-hmm. it's great to tell these stories within the star wars universe the bounty hunters you know the the rebels and all the other stuff but i'd love to see some sort of jedi interaction and maybe not a full rebuild of the jedi order but to see some of the jedi come back i sure. think i think we will well and and speaking of you know some of those things. Wow, sorry. That was a Speaking of the Mandalorian, the Mandalorian and, and no more. Jedi. Yeah. Um we did get a trailer for The Mandalorian. Uh, it, finally, is this our the first same trailer that was shown before. No, uh, this is a brand new trailer. Great trailer. This is a brand new trailer. Let, let's take a listen. We'll describe it and then we'll talk about it briefly. Get some nice stormtrooper helmets in the sand. And on pikes. Pretty scary. We see the, uh, the Razor Crest, his new ship. Really cool I love music. the music. The, the, the music was just nice. Yeah. We see Mandalorian walking a city, talking with um, some characters again. It's all just music right now, right? Great Vista shots, the Mandalorian exiting his ship. Tamilik. Someone hiding in the water. Death Troopers. Right? This is this looks so cool. On November 12th. Uh, speeder bike of some sort, ATST, it looks like an ATST. IG eleven. Doing his thing. 
Bounty hunting is a complicated profession. I just love how quickly the melee weapon takes out all these mm -hmm. guys and then like cuts them in half with a door. Yeah. Uh, fantastic shot. So yeah. Carbonite. There you go. So cool. It's going to be Very great. Western feel to it. It really Just does. Great. It really does. Steven, what do you think? I mean, I'm sold. Like, I'm subscribing to Disney Plus on day one for that. I, yeah. I don't know what else there is to say. Like, I, I, it looks good. They've got my, they have my interest to say the least. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't even I know. Can't, I cannot wait to review these episodes, though. That's the one thing I'm looking forward to. It's going to be so much fun. There's, there's going to be so much to dive into, especially when we know like how many EU things they've been referencing in the background, you know, uh, you know, in the, in the background. And it's going to be really cool. This morning, they also released a new, a new shot of the Mandalorian facing off with some Trandoshans. Okay. Really cool. That well. to me look like action figures. I know they're saying, oh. <laughs> but it so looked like action figures when I first saw that photo. Yeah, it did. I thought the same thing, <laughs> um, but yeah. it's probably before they do all like the post-processing post-production stuff on the, on the, on the shot or when it's moving, it'll look different, but yeah, it kind of did look like action figures. Post. Yeah. Look like two, uh, three action figures. Oh, <laughs> uh, but no, I'm, I'm excited for the show. Um, this, I mean, this is our first footage. We, we talked about it at, after celebration, uh, where we got to see the footage, but that was never released. This is the public's first look at the Mandalorian, and based on the buzz so far, people are really, really excited. So I can't. Mm -hmm. I, my one hope is I hope he never takes his helmet off. Yeah, I think so. I agree. Yeah, I agree. I don't think I he agree. will. That's that's the that's the rumor. At least he'll be the nameless, faceless, faceless guy behind the mask. It's like Clint Eastwood, the man with no name. Yep, few words. Kicks butt, takes names, but doesn't have one himself. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, literally, he doesn't even have a name because he's just the Mandalorian. He has yeah. no name. And so. it's going to be very interesting with those death troopers. That I so want to see. Is, sorry, I just realized. Isn't this set post-Return of the Jedi? Uh, it is, yes. Yes. Interesting. And so we still have death troopers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Very interesting. Very interesting in indeed um so that's that's the mandalorian uh one more brief thing before we uh well, actually two more brief things but one uh we got our first details on the disneyland sorry disney world star wars hotel it's gonna be it's officially dubbed star wars galactic star cruiser and will launch in uh at, at disney's hollywood studios at some point in the future no exact date yet but uh, they did give a brief description. Galactic Star Cruiser will offer a two-night itinerary where all guests arrive and depart together, similar to the Disney Cruise Line, just as we had theorized. Unlike any typical cruise, though, you can become one of your own heroes. You can become the hero of your own Star Wars story in a new type of immersive experience that only Disney could create. You will create the gal you will cruise the galaxy in, in style aboard the Halcyon, known for its impeccable service and the exotic destinations. On board, you will stay in well-appointed cabins, experience onboard dining, and make a planet-side excursion to Black Spire Outpost in, on Batu, and much more. Throughout the journey, you'll be invited to delve deeper into your personal adventure by participating in onboard activities, interacting with characters, crew, and other passengers you meet, and becoming part of the action. 
and the broader Star Wars saga. The adventure begins when you arrive at the Galactic Star Cruiser Terminal at Walt Disney World and check in for your two-night experience. You'll be invited to enter a launch pad for transport into space. Through windows above, you'll see yourself leave the real world as you jump to hyperspace and draw closer to the Halcyon. When the launch pad, uh, launch pod docks with the Halcyon and the airlock opens, you will step into the ship's main deck atrium and begin your journey through a galaxy far, far away. A visit aboard the Halcyon becomes a multi-day story that interweaves with members of the crew, other passengers, familiar Star Wars characters, and an excursion to Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. There's also an all-immersive experience, which includes, uh, which features entertaining activities such as wielding a lightsaber to face off against a training remote, where you can discover your connection with the Force, visiting the Star Cruiser's bridge to learn about the ship systems and how to operate them, including navigation, and defense skills that may come in handy during a journey through this adventure-filled galaxy, and more uh, you'll be able to explore the depths of the ship and find you know hidden spaces uh deep in the mechanics of the ship perfect perfect for uncovering secrets or holding secret meetings and the things the decisions you make will help determine how your story progresses this basically sounds like star wars westworld i mean i'm okay with that i am so okay with this <laughs> it sounds amazing sign me up so when do we book uh Day one, if we can't, I mean, this is going to be, this is going to be not happening here. Yeah. I'm with, it's a nice thought, isn't it, Tom? Yeah. And then the fact that everyone gets, you know, enters and leaves at the same time means you'll all have the same or similar story. You'll all be part of that, that story together and probably each have your own role, your own part. It sounds cool. I'm going to wait a bit. (laughs) It's going to be a while. Yeah. It's going to be a while. Uh, I'm going to go, though. I, I've got to do this. Heck, I bought a lightsaber at Galaxy's Edge. i got to use it. Yeah, I mean, it's yep. I can't wait for this. I can't wait. Um, one more thing before we dive into our, our review of Black Spider-Man. We've got a lot to discuss today. It's only been, like, what, two weeks since our last episode? But, boy, have things changed. Some, some time has passed. Um, uh, Star Wars Resistance Season 1 DVD is now available uh, for your viewing pleasure. Um, we, uh, we got a copy of the DVD and so we want to give you a quick review of, uh, of that before we dive into our review of Black Spires. You're getting two reviews today. So be pretty short. Um, it, season one DVD is actually, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty great. Like if you enjoy resistance, I think it's a, it's great to have. Um, the, honestly, the, the biggest downside is just that it, it, it has DVD quality. It's not the best picture quality possible. Um, which was a little unfortunate. It was pretty noticeable on my 4K TV just how, uh, you know, not great the quality was. It's too bad there wasn't a Blu-ray release. Um, but there's some nice special features, which are, which are great. Um, there's uh, four featurettes, which we talked about uh, in the initial announcement. Um, a large portion of the uh, eight-minute runtime, maybe 33%, is devoted to, like, a recap of uh, the saga. Uh, which so it's not new for big fans, but it should be good for young fans or people who haven't followed the saga closely. Uh, it does confirm that season two uh, opens up the show in a big way, and they're going to be going to new locations. It's not just confined to one planet anymore, which we kind of suspected uh, after the end of season one. But they are they're going to be going all over now and adventuring to new parts of the galaxy. And they also, at the very end, you get, we got a brief clip of the Colossus arriving at Takodana, 
and Ooh. finding a rubble everywhere in orbit and a resistant space that's not responding. It's gone. It's been wiped out. And that's where the clip ends. So they arrive at some point and then uh, are, are stuck. So we'll see where they go and what they do. But I think there's just so much potential here uh, for this. Uh, again, the, the, the feature it was... I mean, it's probably not worth buying the DVD for just on its own, uh, but the clip is cool. And, you know, we get a little few comments here by the, the cast and crew. Uh, the commentaries as well. Um, I think actually the, the Bebo commentary was probably the most interesting one, um, primarily because, uh, not because of the commentary of the movie of the episode itself, but actually the, um, uh, the, the secrets in there or the hints they drop for season two in Bebo Mirna Velasco notes that the children from Tahar, if you remember those kids they picked up yep. and their warnings, uh, well, you know, when they're warning, um, everyone in, in the episode, she, it reminds, she, she said that it reminds her of season two and Josh Brenner chimed in saying that it's interesting to go back and watch season one after how far they've come. Um, there's also like a, um, uh, you know, there's there's all, all sorts of things happening there. Uh, it sounds like there might even be like a giant Bebo-like monster uh, that returns. Um, in particular, Christopher, Christopher Sean noted that you know it, that the um, he 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 made a comment about how seeing Star Destroyers make him remember this is Star Wars, and sometimes he forgets. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, which is I guess part of the problem with. I think that if our, our biggest critique with the show is just that, um, you know, sometimes even the cast forgets they're in Star Wars, I guess. Uh, yeah. But um, it's not not ideal. No, no. But, you know, I think it's I think it's really interesting. Like the, the, the show is going to open up in a big way. Um, and they, they were making hints that like hearing about the children from Tahar now after after what they've seen and what they've recorded in season two, they, they realize how. Um, it's it, it, it they imply that it that has a lot more importance than we initially expected. Mm-hmm. So they may play a very big a very big role. So pretty cool. Um. So yeah, Res- Star Wars Res- Resistance season one. Uh, I I think I'll give it you know seven Womp Rats out of out of ten. Um, the it's. It's nice to have it on DVD. Um, nothing particularly special that makes you need to pick it up. Um, I kind of wish the the audio commentaries had a bit more talking about the production of the show, uh, rather than just commentary commenting on the what was happening on screen or, or laughing. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, it, the, the the season one is 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 great, especially near the end. Like it, it really picked up speed as the Colossus left the planet. So if you want to add that to your collection, definitely recommend it. Cool. Now with that, Tom, you want to give us the episode rundown for... Sure. Tonight, we're going to be reviewing Star Wars Ga- Star Wars Galaxy's Edge Black Spire by Delilah S. Dawson. And this is a long synopsis, so please bear with me, because after devastating losses at the hands of the First Order, General Leia Organa has dispatched her agents across the galaxy in search of allies, sanctuary, and firepower. And her top spy, Vi Marathi, may have just found all three on a secluded world at the galaxy's edge. A planet of lush forests, precious mountains, and towering petrified trees, Batuu is on the furthest possible frontier of the galaxy map. 
the last settled world before the mysterious expanse of wild space. The rogues, smugglers, and adventurers who eke out a living on the largest settlement of the planet, Black Spire Outpost, are here to avoid prying eyes and unnecessary complications. Vi, a resistance spy on the run from the First Order, is hardly a welcome guest. And when a shuttle full of stormtroopers land in her wake, determined to root her out, she has no idea where to find help. To survive, Vi will have to seek out the good-hearted heroes hiding in a world that redefines scum and villainy. With the help of a traitorous trooper and her acerbic droid, she begins to gather a colorful band of outcasts embarked on a mission to help surf a Batu before the First Order snuffs out entirely. Continue. <laughs> uh, that's the uh, First Order trying to come snuff out Tom. Um, yeah, that's for sure. But, uh, yeah, so th- this I this is cool. I mean, it brings back Vi Marathi, um, codenamed Magpie, from uh, from Phasma. Uh, which it, is, is, is it, it really bad is a, that hmm? I didn't remember the character from Phasma at first? So I had no problem with it. Oh, I was just like, as I was starting to look, I was like, oh, wait, that was... Did I, did I did read Phasma. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, that's that person. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Totally forgot about that, but yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, I I mean, ha- had I not read it beforehand, I probably would have forgotten too, but I mean, she's, she's cool. And, and I, I think even more exciting was the fact that uh, Captain Cardinal was also in the book now known by the name Archex. Um, and, and, you know, I, I loved Cardinal and, and Phasma. Um, he was definitely I, one of the better parts of it. I think. Actually, I think both of those characters were the best part of that book because Vimarati, it really set her up mm-hmm. to be in this book. Yeah, she's and a, I, I really appreciated that. Yeah, she's a cool character, and and really, this yes, is, this is um, this is effectively a direct sequel to Phasma, um, and you know, the, just taking place a, a few weeks afterward. I mean, it opens up and. Vi is kind of, and, and, and our checks are both recovering from the events of Phasma, and we get a little fast forward, uh, and, and she's then sent on a mission, Vi is sent on a mission by Leia to set up a resistance base on this little-known planet called Batu. So they'll have supplies and allies and a place to help hide if if needed. Um, and you know, we actually get to see the destruction of Hosnian Prime at the beginning mm-hmm. of the book. And then and that kind of puts the mission to Batu on hold for four months, uh, and then, and then you know, fast forward and go straight into the mission. I kind of wish we'd spent more time. I know it's not the point of the book, but I kind of wish it would have been fun to see a little bit more about the resistance, and and you know, Vi's perspective uh, through those yeah. four months they skipped over. But yeah, was, it it didn't add a lot to kind of what we already knew. I would say about the resistance. Totally agree. But, Totally agree. I think I, I think the the pacing of the book in its in and of itself was really well done. And I think if it would have done that a little bit, it probably would have slowed the book down a bit. So, mm-hmm. although I think is is this the first time we've 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 heard of the destruction of Hosnian Prime being referred to as the Hosnian Cataclysms? I think so. Yeah, I'd never heard it before this novel. Yeah, so. I agree. So I guess now it's kind of nice that we have a an official name for this. Um, the cataclysm the Hosnian cataclysms uh yeah so uh and that kind of sets the sets the book in motion um i think one of the most the, the one of the things this book does 
probably the best. And I think that's, this is obviously intentional. And that's that um, the way they, they flesh out Batu and, and, and Black Spire outposts. I mean, you really do get a sense of going to, uh, going to, to, to Galaxy's Edge. Steven, you, you, were, you were just there. Uh, yeah. And you actually got to go mm-hmm. since the last time we recorded and, and, and check it out. Um, it's, if you want to give your impressions, feel free to do that too. But, uh, but you know, how, uh, how, did, just, how did that it's, relate to you? Well, I mean, what, what did you think when you read the book? I mean, first of all, it's Galaxy's Edge is fantastic and everyone should go and build have <laughs> a lightsaber, even Absolutely. though it's expensive. Um, it's worth it. But, sorry. It's also, thank you for else. getting me a yellow lightsaber. <laughs> uh, uh, crystal. Yes. But no, it's it's really cool to see, you know, the place you kind of walked around and the places like uh, Doc Ondar's and so on, just all and the gatherers get a little more fleshed out, I guess, and a little more background and like I said, it's amazing how much they made it feel like Galaxy's Edge too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was just it was like a very unique thing. I don't know where else you would get that experience. You know, the the one thing I appreciated about this book that helped a lot was actually fleshing out Uga Guerrera herself. Because all you know about is Uga's Cantina. You know, you know that she basically is, let's say, the major crime lord or the the person that's quote unquote in charge of the place, but they really fleshed her out to where you can understand, but to itself. Mm-hmm. So, or black spire itself. You can really so, picture it in your mind's eye. Yes, you can. When you get a sense of that it, dynamics of the place too, like you said, yes. like who are the major players in Batu? Who are the, the characters, you know, all these little bits that just make it feel like a more fully realized place. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it really did. It really, the world building in this book for just that area was just outstanding. Really, really enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, and, and I think it was interesting because Dalala Dawson was, was talking about this recently about how her approach to, to, to writing the book. And she actually just put in like, you know, uh, uh, TK, which means uh, to come later um, for, for writers um, she actually just put in like TK when they're describing like a route or where, you know, how a character was going to get somewhere. Mm-hmm. And then once she actually got a chance to like see the galaxy's edge floor plan and, and, and a really good idea, she'd go back and fill in all those scenes so that it really did match exactly the world that Disney was building. And I think that's what makes this book. When you read this book and you go visit, but it gives the actual area a little bit more life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it touched. It touched a little bit within the um, Thrawn novel that had um, Thrawn and Anakin visit Batu because of Padme. There was a little, 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 little bit in there, but this but even really there it, it out. Yeah, even th- uh, was that Thrawn Catalyst? Yes, mm-hmm. it was the second book. Um, even that, like, Batu comes across as a much more real place in you know Black Spire versus yes. there. Like, yeah, like you said, there's you know, names and places and routes that you recognize if you're there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And Even, yeah, that's, that is not, I don't know where else you can get that experience. Like there is no, I don't know if there's another franchise, I guess maybe like Harry Potter world would have, you know, uh, but it's, although I never read a Harry Potter book, so I really shouldn't say anything. I, and I haven't been to Harry Potter world, so I, I can't say either. Yeah. But like, 
my sense was always it's it's a theme park set in the universe. It's not meant to be a a place in the right. same way. Right. Yeah. This is this is like a a city that you get to experience, and this kind of fleshes it out. And you know, they do kind of check the boxes of like you know visiting all the places, but it didn't ever feel that forced. No. Um, yeah. It was nice, you know, just getting to know like. You know, a Buckar the Butcher. He runs, you know, Ronto Roasters, and you know, there's the uh, Zabaka, the Toydarian to- to- toy maker, and Kamka, who runs Jewels of Bith. Like they just start to kind of give you a better flavor for all of these these characters and these creatures. In fact, the biggest um, uh, the biggest downside actually was that now I'm like, oh, well, I, I kind of wish, I kind of wish if you'd actually visited those stalls, they were actual like people in costume and not just a a human in you know galaxy's edge inspired clothes running the shop a you know disney cast member yeah like that's the only downside but i feel like they really fleshed out everything even if they were check even if they were kind of checking the boxes to make sure they include all the major points uh, and mm-hmm. places you can go visit yeah you know what'd be very interesting is and i've thought about this not to be cruel but to to, to walk up to like a cast member and kind of quiz a little bit on the book and just, just to see, I mean, you're not testing them. You're not trying to push, push their buttons to say, I know a little bit more than you do, but it's like, <laughs> you just want to see how they would react yeah. to something like this. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, you know, Hey, do you, do you know where, uh, where I could find art shop? You know, they point yeah. you to the clothing shop, then you know, they know the book. Right. <laughs> actually be kind of fun that or they it, just look it would like, be oh. i mean and it's not just that they're an annoying but it would just be interesting to see it, since since they are trying to do this big world building within that area how much of the world building are the actual cast members and they're involved in this yeah because i know they're supposed yeah. to come up with their own backstories but yeah it's, it's interesting yeah it's uh, it's pretty cool, and it also stresses how uh, it, the book stresses how important it is for visitors to blend in when they visit Galaxy mm-hmm. Spire, uh, Galaxy's Edge, Black Spire Outpost. Almost like they're encouraging people in the real world to kind of, you know, Disney bound blend in, and, yeah, and blend as in well, uh, which is kind of cool. So it, it really gives you a flavor for the place, and you actually got not just the not just the the layout, which you know. Even the things like the rise of the resistance base, the the mm. know, the, the old temple uh, that they were converted into a base. Uh, when you go on the rise of the resistance ride, the things that happen in that base, you'll actually be able to go down those same corridors in uh, uh, in real life once the ride opens, which is which is pretty cool. Now the yeah. one thing the one thing though that I was looking for since we've all three been to Batu. Did we ever see the uh, the trillion wishing tree? Because that mm-hmm. was referenced a few times in yeah. this book. That's that's the tree with the ribbons around it, right? Yeah, it's it's near. Yeah, I, I must saw. be walking right by it. So you, it's right outside. Um, Savi's uh, workshop. Savi's workshop. Oh, it's Savi's workshop. No, I thought it was outside of the um, uh, the droid depot. Um, uh, I think it's like, closer to Savi's. Okay, um, it's in that. It's in a little. It's like in Lower. the middle of the hall, in the middle of the the main walkway, right? It's got that tree right no, there. No, it's well. Is it before kind of, you go up the steps, going into Doc Ondar's, because is that where Black? No, no, it's down is. further below. Yes, the, no, now. that is that is correct. It is down the steps from Doc Ondar's. Yeah. yeah. Okay, because I 
I've also, this been... has got to be the most frustrating conversation for people, and I'm very sorry. But if you, <laughs> this is what happens. But like, I think the point you're is like about a a real place that right. has no d- Tom. You got to go to Doc Ondar's. You know, then take a left, and so on. Yeah, go Which, out the go out the door of Doc Ondar's. Take a left. Go down the stairs. Got and it. It's at the bottom of the stairs on your left. Yeah. Okay. So, so it's 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 basically it's basically the exit door to Savi's workshop. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Exactly. Okay, because the problem with me, I'm not sorry, doing not Zavi's not the back exit. Yet. It's like the front door, closer to the front door of Zavi's. Okay. Because the back oh, door is near the stairs. Oh my. God. Anyway. Okay. Not, no, no, <laughs> I, no. This I know is no longer. This has ceased to be important like but, five minutes ago. Okay. I know well, what you're talking what, about. It's but okay, you're right. What's, what's really cool about this is like we can have this conversation because it's a place, and we're reading this I know, book it's an actual... that's set in this place. Yeah. Uh, so, and the fact that we actually get to understand. You know, uh, you know, Savi and and how Savi is like, is you know, is willing to to help these people, and actually Savi knows Loris Anteca, and mm-hmm. you know, actually wants to help Vi build up resistance space, and like you actually how, get to. Let me ask him a slightly tougher question. Okay. So we've talked about how the book ties in with Galaxy's Edge. How is it, or how did you guys find it, just as a book? I enjoyed it because there's one character in here I really loved. I mean, who? Don't, yeah, please expand, who? Tom. I liked Zane. Okay. I, it, yeah. I, I enjoyed. It was interesting because it took it took a while for me to really start enjoying the character until you got into like w- when you really started to see his backstory. And I thought how Delilah S. Dawson developed his backstory. Yeah, and, the, the and how you, you kind of started smuggler. feeling for him. And I I ended up at the end of the book really liking that character. Hmm. Interesting. Yep. I mean, he, he, he was a cool character, but I think to, to Steven's point, I thought the overall it's kind of an average book. Like, I don't know. It that didn't really about where I landed on it. It didn't really grab me. Like, okay, so the, the basic plot is um uh, Vi and Archex travel to travel to Batu to set up a resistance base. But before they can land on the planet, they crash land and all their supplies all their supplies are stolen from them. Yeah, so they, they, were, have, they were basically forced down by pirates. Right. And so they have right. nothing. They have no no supplies, no resources, no way to call home. And Vi Archex is, is is injured and Vi, and he was, I mean, he was already injured after the last book, but right. uh, he's even more so now. And Vi basically has to set up a resistance base on her own, try to go undercover so the First Order doesn't find her when they eventually arrive, and set up a base. She's avoiding the First Order the whole time, and then um, eventually, you know, she, she kicks the First Order off the planet and wins. Yay! Happy ending for the book. And then the first order comes back again, and they're back to a stalemate because that's where Galaxy's Edge is always in a stalemate. It's just, eh, yeah. Like, I like a lot of the technical aspects of the book and the how how they connected things, but the story itself just eh, it was kind of okay. I'll give you that it wasn't an average story, but you know what? It wasn't but a story in which I I had a hard time. I did not have a hard time going through this. For me, if it was a really, really average story, I would have a very hard time reading the book. I'd be picking it up, putting it down, read a couple pages, put it down. This one, I guess because it's an actual 
place, it was easier for me to read because as, as we just proved to people mm-hmm. who are listening to the podcast, the three of us can talk and say, no, we're in Batu. We could find something because we've been there. Right. And reading this book, it was kind of the same thing because you kind of had a feel for what was there. So it, it, it at least for me, piqued an interest to where it probably is an average book, but it was an enjoyable book because it was a place that I've actually been to sure, wrapped sure. around a story. I don't know. What, what, Steven? I, I think I fell in the same bucket as you. It just, it felt very average. It's, you know, you kind of mentioned there's a lot of checking off of boxes as we go around Batu and I don't know. It, it was fine. It didn't super grab me, I guess. Um, especially coming off of reading, uh, you know, Thrawn Treason, which oh. very much did grab me and I read very quickly. Mm-hmm. It, was, it, it lacked that spark. Yeah, I I don't know. I, I, there were a lot of interesting characters. Uh, Archex was one of my favorites, but I, I, I wish I wish he'd actually done something. He just sat around in the base, wounded all all day. Well, it, but they they saved it to not to blow it. They saved it to the end, where it actually did something, which I do agree with that. Okay, barely. And and it did it did get <laughs> a little it, it did get a little frustrating. <laughs> yeah, but it was frustrating to the part to where. Vi was basically making sure that if anything happened to her, he was completely set up to take over going, you know, setting up the resistance base. Right. Totally get that. Didn't have to keep saying that every, I'm going to joke here because it probably isn't true. You didn't have to say that every 50 pages. Okay. But that's the reason why he was being held Mm. back. Okay. Because I can imagine he was so frustrated as heck. That's why at the end of the book, he did what he did. So, uh, y- yes. Um, and again, you know, I'm not so, trying to spoil the end of the book. No, no, by we, the way, it, well, this we, is full I mean, spoilers. Know, we, we can talk. We about should it. spoil the end of the book. Um, the, so Archex is, he's, he's wounded the whole time. I think he's a cool character. And one of the most fascinating aspects of about this book was how, you know, initially Vi, cause she starts recruiting other people, right. Uh, on, on Batu, And as they learn, you know, she originally keeps it from them that, Archex used to be Captain Cardinal of the First Order and eventually gets out. And there's this fascinating dynamic where they don't trust him, right? And it's a big, this big thing. Like, dude, is he on their side? Is he not? Um, and, but I, I wish, you know, Archex, he had to deal with some of that, right? He had to deal with the change in his life about how he's now, you know, no, no longer part of the First Order. All that was interesting, um, mm-hmm. but I wish we'd gotten more time with him and, and, and he could, he could do more. He just sat around until at the very end, he like came out of nowhere during this attack on the base at the last minute. He wasn't even in, involved. Like he stayed behind at the first or at the resistance base. All mm-hmm. of a sudden out of nowhere, he, you know, grabs this, uh, you know, this is Imperial, um, the, the, the main bad guy, Kath, right? Well, Lieutenant Wolfgar Kath, he, he attacks him, throws him onto the ship, and um, then the ship explodes and Archex and Kath and all the First Order die. And that's it. Like, he had a big yeah. heroic moment, and he's over. Yeah, that was depressing. I, I would have liked to have seen him carry on. Not yeah. carry on into I the mean, force. I mean, don't, I don't mind him having a victory. I just felt like he was killed too soon before he could do much yeah and yeah i mean if if they were to carry him on into another book 
give him this victory here, give him a couple extra victories. But I do agree, having him basically wounded the majority of the book and hurt. And that's the other thing. It seemed like this whole book was dealing with two characters that were quote unquote broken in a sense mm-hmm. because of their experience from the Phasma book. So it was kind of like in a little bit of an aspect, it was a healing process for the two of them. And it seemed like Vi came out of it just sadly more healed than Artix, but at least he was I mean, to, she well, she survives. That, yeah, she I survived. That's why I said more healed. Yeah, yeah, that's why I said more healed than the other one. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but yeah, yeah. So, I don't know. It's it's too bad. But what are you gonna do? Um, I did enjoy the rest of the characters though. Like uh, Pook PK Ultra is a hilarious. Great droid. Uh, droid with a very, very dry sense of humor. He's like a load lifter. And, you know, he's like destroyed half the time or staying back at, at home and uh, at, the, at the base helping out. Uh, he's pretty funny. Um, Another know, great Star Wars droid. Yeah. Yep. Droid, the droids are all great. Uh, Lieutenant Kath, he's very menacing. He's kind of the new... Uh, he's the new cardinal basically in this in this book and he's actually an old friend of uh of kath and cardinal used to be friends as well which gives them this 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 past this history um so he's cool and actually one thing i really enjoyed was the fact that i i felt like you know sometimes a lot of times with bad guys they have this army and it's unclear how big the army is however big the story requires yeah that's very true it's just like they have an army and oh look a whole bunch of their guys died and then oh look they have 30 more that came out of nowhere or oh look they wiped them all like there's no specifics this one they actually I feel like they did a really good job plotting out exactly how many troopers there were 20 um, first order stormtroopers arrived with Lieutenant Kath and one by one we see them all get taken out and like at multiple points they're, you know, they're doing the math they're saying okay so we, we took out five guys so there must be 15 left you know and like they they do all of that all that math um and eventually I, they run out i really like books that have that level of detail and consistency where it's a you know it, it makes that each victory you know when they when they manage to knock another first world stronger down you're like okay i i understand the impact that had and i think it it really adds to the novel yeah it was it was great. We got some nice twists and turns there too, with some betrayals and um, you know all the other. I liked a lot of the other characters too. I mean, you mentioned Zade; he was pretty cool. Uh, we got uh, Dolan and um, Cricky and a whole bunch of like side characters that were pretty neat that I certainly enjoyed. Um, yeah, I don't know, like good cast of characters. But I, I wish we'd gotten more of them. Also, they, most of the time they were they were kind of all hiding at the base. Vi was really the one walking around, and even then, eventually she had to wear a mask to mm. hide her. That's actually the other thing. She had to hide a, wear a mask to hide her face, starting midway through the book because everyone knows who who she is. And then they kill the first order. Let's say they they attack this first order base. They kill the first order, which is probably my biggest problem with the book because, um. You know, they, they, they have to have a victory. And then the First Order comes back, this time with Kylo Ren, setting us up into the 
place where we are when you actually go visit Galaxy's Edge and you're, they're back into a stalemate. So all mm-hmm. that whole victory just meant nothing because they came right back. And now apparently they don't know what Vi looks like anymore, and so she just runs around without her helmet on. <laughs> I don't know. It's just well, well it's well you, you gotta know. make sure you can recognize her in the park. Like True. I saw, I saw Vi. While I, I was so there. did I. She's yes. natural walk. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. That's the that was the one the one downside. Um, it just felt like they intentionally got it back into this undid all the progress they'd made to get him back into a neutral state. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I, I liked a lot of the other stuff. Um, interesting um, dynamic with Dolan and, 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 and Grant, his, his, his grandmother, Grana, who, you know, Dolan decides to join the, the resistance and Grana is like basically disowns him because of it and kind of what he goes through. Um, when you know, because of his decision to help out Vi, um, we get a lot more about um, about Savi and Savi's connection and how he gets all of the, the the artifacts and the the lightsaber crystals, right? The Kyber crystals, a lot of really cool stuff. I thought that was interesting. The whole thing about the discussion of the gatherers and and how that whole Savi thing worked. Is they're going through the pieces trying to find, I mean, you, you definitely got the feel they were going through trying to find definitely Kyber crystals, but like Jedi artifacts. That's what they were looking for. Even though it was not hinted, that's what they're, it, you, you knew that's what they were looking for, yeah. which I thought was cool. Yeah. It makes for another tie in when, you know, you actually go to Savi's and build a lightsaber. Well, very true. You, you've seen where those pieces came from, who's involved, um, really, I don't know. It expands that experience. Yeah, so it's it's interesting, and you know, with with um, a crash of fate also released around the same time, also set in uh, Black Spire Outpost. I feel like between the two of them, you really get a good idea for the whole area. Uh, I just wish the I don't know. I wish, and I get why they couldn't make more progress in the story. He had to be in a certain spot for Galaxy's Edge. But I wish they could have done a little more. Yeah. They're just sitting around. I don't know. Do you, do you guys have any other thoughts on the book? You know what? I enjoyed it. I'm good if you're kind of figuring out if we're done reviewing it. I am I'm kind of good with it because I think we hit the... I think we hit anything we're missing. No, I don't think so. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's let's get into our review then, Tom. Okay. I thought it was a good book. I'm giving it a seven point five. I enjoyed it. Sure, it's a definite tie into the land, but two. But as we kind of discussed, it gives you a good feel of the actual atmosphere that you're walking into. And when you see Vi Marati run by, you know who the character is, other than just somebody who's never never been to Batu before you're just like what's that person running by I mean you can understand Ray when she goes walking by in Chewbacca but why is this other person running by in this jacket you read the book yeah you're in the know so I enjoyed the book 7.5 Womp Rats I am taking my 7.5 Womp Rats and you know when it was going through the actual rebel base the the now set up rebel base that Vi got through the old temple 
it was the actual womp rats that were going through and were triggering all the booby booby traps that were going that were happening inside that temple. So there you go. That's actually one more thing we forgot to mention: the booby traps and how they clear out the temple. That was pretty cool. I like that. Was cool. How you know the the had this giant temple that was just filled with tr- this ancient temple that was filled with traps that the first order investigated, and then they left, and the resistance was like, you know, let's let's take over this thing. Let's let's uh, let's clear all the traps and make it ours. And the fact that we'll get to experience that temple for ourselves in December. It's mm-hmm. pretty cool. Steven, your thoughts on the book? Uh, I mean, I think we covered most of it. I'll give it a 7 out of 10, I guess. It was okay. Um, I didn't hate reading it, but it, it's not a book I'll revisit in the future. Um, but I think uh, my seven Wombrats are going to be involved with uh, Savi, and they're, they're part of how they've collected the crystals and the pieces that get used inside uh savvy's workshop that's part of how they can collect things so quickly without others noticing is ah there's a womp rat who's just pulling those pieces away nice nice uh yeah i think you know uh, overall this book did it, it did its job of setting the stage for the the for the outpost uh, i really do feel like they they added a lot of character to it and you understand who who's who and uh, how what the dynamics are, you know how Oga's Cantina works and the the pirates there and uh, Doc Ondar and everyone. Uh, I really liked a lot of that kind of stuff. I wish you know hearing all these different species on uh, on um, uh, on Galaxy's Edge does or in Black Spire Outpost in this in this book does make me wish we saw more of that in the real world. But yeah, other than I agree. that. Like, yeah. it does a really good job of, of laying the, the groundwork. So, uh, as a story, eh, it's okay. I feel like they made progress and then undid it all. But um, it's it's still it's still a fun book. Again, not it's not going to change things dramatically or how you look at the galaxy. But, you know, it's a fun read. And so, I'm going to give it seven Womp Rats out of ten. And uh, my seven Womp Rats, um, you know, they, you're wondering how they cleared out the temple. Of all the traps, they sent the womp rats in, and nice. many womp rats to died to, yep. to clean out this te- this temple. So, um, so yeah, unfortunately, they did not make it, but the temple's cleared. <laughs> and that's that's that. Works, that. I guess. Yeah, that yeah. works for that. Yeah. Uh, coming up next on Ion Cannon, we have a review of a Crash of Fate. Uh, we're just a month away too from the season two premiere of Resistance. Uh, just a little over a month, but first we have our review of the Crash of Fate. That'll be coming up very soon, so stay tuned for that. It's our. It, this is, continues our our uh, Galaxy's Edge inspired summer. Woohoo! So yeah, there are about. worse things to be inspired by than that. So absolutely, uh, it's pretty fun. It's pretty fun. Um, but yeah, Tom, Steven, thanks guys as always. Fun talking with Not you. No problem. And uh, looking forward to uh, we'll, we'll be back on a more regular basis starting in, in a month, but we'll make it sneak one more episode in hopefully before then. Uh, yep. So stay tuned. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Ion Cannon Podcast, your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. 
For over a decade, Ion Cannon has covered every corner of the saga, from the films and animated series like The Clone Wars and Rebels, to books, comics, games, and more. If you like what you hear, please rate us in your favorite podcast client. Your review will help this show grow within the Star Wars community. We can be found at our website, ioncannoncast.com, and you can follow us through Facebook and Twitter. To email us, you can do so at contact at ioncannoncast.com. The Ion Cannon Podcast is not associated with Lucasfilm, The Walt Disney Company, or any and all of their respective trademarks or copyright holders. Any opinion expressed on the show are that of the hosts. This podcast is a production by fans, for fans, and is copyright 2018.